It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. Change is inevitable, so it's vital for us to develop internal strengths like self-worth, determination, and kindness. These make us resilient, the foundation of lasting well-being in a changing world. With an approach that is grounded in the science of positive neuroplasticity, today's guest, Dr. Rick Hansen, explains how to create a deep sense of contentment. Dr. Hansen is a psychologist and New York Times bestselling author. His new book is Resilient, How to Grow an Unshakable Core of Calm, Strength, and Happiness. Welcome, Dr. Hansen. Thanks for joining us. John, it's a pleasure to be here. So, Rick, what we're about to discuss today is rooted in the science of positive neuroplasticity. Can you explain what that is to us? It's a mouthful, but uh-huh. what it really means uh, is essentially that our brain and our nervous system is designed to be changed by our experiences, and the result is learning, broadly defined. Learning how to use chopsticks or navigate a tricky conversation with your brother-in-law, or learning, honestly, how to be happier, how to be wiser, how to be more loving, how to be uh, more compassionate to yourself. Any one of those kinds of positive changes must involve changing your brain for the better. And in the book, I get into the details of how people can actually tap the power of positive neuroplasticity to turn everyday experiences into lasting strengths inside themselves, hardwired into their own nervous system. Well, isn't the science of neuroplasticity, it's exciting because I remember not that long ago, we believed that the brain was set and as you got older, you lost function and and we really didn't have an understanding about the power that we have to create new circuitry in the brain. I know, it's really remarkable. Um, You can do things with your mind, and maybe we'll talk about them, that strengthen existing connections between neurons, that grow new neurons that bring more blood flow and thus oxygen and glucose to busy parts of the brain that do things. You can even do things with your own mind that will change the expression of genes deep down inside the, your own DNA, inside your own neurons. Rick, in your book, Resilient, you write that we develop mental resources in two stages. First, yes. we need to experience what we want to grow. And second, we must convert that passing experience into a lasting change in the nervous system. So how do we go about doing that? How do we create lasting change in the nervous system? You're right at the important question. So the relatively straightforward part is the first step. Have some kind of beneficial experience in the first place. Maybe it's a good intention, or maybe you realize something in a relationship, or maybe you just feel calm and strong inside yourself, or a moment of gratitude, whatever it might be. That's usually the pretty straightforward part. Most people are having many mildly beneficial experiences in a day. The important part is what we forget all the time, which is the second step, 
which is that it's important to stay with the experience, feel it in your body, and recognize what's enjoyable or rewarding about it. Because those factors, extending the duration of the experience for a breath or two or three, uh, getting more of a sense of it emotionally and physically, and also finding what is pleasurable about it or meaningful to you about it, those three factors, the duration, the embodiment, and the reward value of the experience are known to science to heighten the learning process, to steepen your growth curve as you go through the experiences you're already having. This means that at a time when so many people feel pushed around by external forces, and also so many people feel kind of like they're running on empty in many ways inside, we have the power every day actually to fill ourselves up from the inside out, making ourselves stronger along the way. So this strength is what makes us resilient. And how do you define resiliency? What does it mean to be resilient? Yeah, resilient means both surviving the worst day of your life and thriving every day of your life. In other words, resilience is what um, helps us manage change, which you brought up in the very beginning of this conversation. Resilience helps us manage change um, and challenges. And if you think about it, just to have a job or do an interview with a radio personality like I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. I've got to be a little bit resilient to be able to do this. Uh, settle sibling quarrels, um, deal with a boss, deal with a health problem, deal with poverty or, or discrimination. Um, any kind of issue like that requires resilience. And resilience comes from underlying psychological strengths like mindfulness, gratitude, motivation, or courage. And the good news for me is that we can become more self-reliant. Uh, There's a lot about positive psychology or self-help in general that, to me, is overly positive. You know, it's like a magic carpet ride. Just do gratitude practice and you'll be fine. Well, gratitude is good, but we also need to develop inner capabilities, strengths for coping and adapting and continuing, even when things are difficult. Rick, when two people go through the same experience, why does one person appear to move through it with ease? when another person might be stuck. So for example, about eight years ago, I went through tremendous challenges all at one time. My marriage ended, my mother died, my sister died, my son left for college. And in that time, at the time I should say, I was really broken, but I was able to move through it and do the work that I'm doing now. And someone said to me, anyone, like I shouldn't be here is really what they were saying. Some other person would have really fallen apart So what is it that made me be able to move through it that way and someone else may have really been stuck in that challenge time? Yeah, probably about a third of what enabled you to be that way was built into your DNA. That's -hmm. what the research shows in general. But the other two-thirds were the inner strengths, the capabilities, the outlook, the internalized sense of people who loved you, for example, that you acquired over the years. And that gets to a larger point, which is that probably about two-thirds of who we are is actually under our own influence. That's both hopeful and it takes us right into a kind of old-school recognition of responsibility. It's up to us to help ourselves grow and gain as much as possible every day. And then it's really interesting, you know, it's like in athletics. uh, What you train in off the field is what you draw on on the field. And as, as you really experience directly, at any moment, things can happen. 
and it could be a perfect storm. The bottom could fall out in one area of your life, while at the same time, you've got bad luck in another area of your life. And then what do you do? And at that point, to me, it's important to have developed resources outside ourselves, you know, like money in the bank and uh, fences, you know, between us and our neighbors or, mm-hmm. you know, more broadly, a stop sign at the corner. But that said, mm-hmm. what most makes the difference is the resources we've built up inside ourselves. And so for me, the takeaway point here is to look for, you know, you cannot do anything about the past. The only thing under our influence, really, is how much we grow or learn today. That's it. But the difference between not growing at all or learning at all or becoming stronger at all by the end of the day versus growing a little bit today, becoming a little wiser, becoming a little more skillful with other people, becoming a little happier inside yourself, that little bit, day plus day plus day plus day, It makes all the difference in your life. And I bet you yourself did a lot of that kind of thing along the way so that you had more inside you when, you know, the storm hit eight years ago. Well, and you know, Rick, at the time, I didn't know that I was as strong as I was. And and I say that because I, I bet there are a lot of people listening right now that are going through challenges who don't believe they can make it to the next day and the day after. So for those people, in addition to the things that you were just mentioning, What do you suggest they do in order to heal from a painful experience? Because we all have the ability. So what can they do? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so the book Resilient grew out of this online experiential program I created called The Foundations of Wellbeing, which surprised me because it came wildly popular. And I think what made it popular is that it's experiential. So if a person is going to recover from negative emotions, from anxiety or a blue mood or feeling hurt or feeling resentful, the takeaway point is that it's really important to bring experiences of what are positive in two ways. So you look for experiences that are first and foremost authentic, no rose-colored glasses, no positive thinking. They must be genuine experiences of gratitude or calming or ease or pleasure, just the ordinary opportunities in daily life to experience something good, something beneficial. And then when you experience it, take it into yourself in its own right. That's the first thing to do, because that will build psychological resources inside you. The second thing to do, which is a very powerful method, you can be aware of both negative material off to the side of your mind, like let's say old feelings of hurt or current feelings of, say, worry, while in the front of your awareness, big and prominent, be aware of something positive that's kind of the antidote to what's negative, or it's sort of matched to it in some way, like feeling calm and reassured if you've got anxiety off in the corner, or feeling that people do care about you if you have feelings of hurt off in the corner. And in the famous saying from neuroscience to finish here, neurons that fire together, wire together. And that means that if we can be aware of two things at once, small negative off to the side, big positive in the front of awareness, the positive will start to associate with the negative to gradually calm it, ease it, bring context to it, and eventually even replace it. And any single time a person does that for, you know, half a minute at a time, any single time we do that usually will not be utterly transformational but gradually accumulating. The brain is a vast associational network. So if you just keep associating positive to negative, again, a lot of research shows you can gradually ease it inside yourself and eventually heal yourself. The book is Resilient, How to Grow an Unshakable Core of Calm, Strength, and Happiness by Dr. Rick Hansen. If you'd like more information about Rick and his work, 
you can visit rickhanson.net. That's H-A-N-S-O-N, rickhanson.net. Rick, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would suggest that you go through your day and five or ten times a day, slow down for something that's beneficial. A mild experience usually that's pleasurable or useful. Slow down for it and take a few breaths to kind of marinate in it so it becomes a part of you. And when you do that, you'll get a double benefit. You'll both take into yourself, gradually hardwiring into your nervous system, these psychological strengths. And second, it'll change your outlook because then you'll be going through your day looking for opportunities. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. As I said in the beginning, change is inevitable. So it's vital for us to develop internal strengths. That's a foundation that makes us resilient. So thank you for giving us some strategies to get the job done. Thank you, Joan. It's been a privilege to be here. This is Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life has a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life 24-7. Visit CYACYL.com. And be sure to tell your friends. Do you find you are stuck in the same old rut and can't move forward? Can't figure out why? Consider journaling your dreams to become aware of what's holding you back. Hi, I'm Susan Greif, an expressive and healing arts facilitator and founder of Artman's Hearts. I harness the power of creative expression in helping clients release old stuck energy that keeps them feeling panicked, powerless, paralyzed, and in pain. I've been an at-home mom for 20 years. Eventually, I needed something in my life. I felt stuck. I began journaling my dreams and found I dreamt about being at the airport. However, I could never get on the plane because I either left my bags or my passport at home. In time, I realized my bags were the excess mental baggage I carried with me and my passport was my identity. I got lost as a mother and wife, so I made shifts in reclaiming my identity. Eventually, one night, I dreamt I got on the plane and it soared. How can you recognize? your pattern? Journal your dreams. Can't remember your dreams? Set an intention every night as you meditate off to dreamland. In time, they will appear. Keep a journal and pen by your bedside. The minute you wake up from a dream, write down your dream. Sometimes you can have multiple dreams in one night. Write them all down. Find the pattern that recurs. In your journal, ask yourself what do you think it means and answer it. Find the visual symbols that pop up. Google its dream symbolism. You may find a connection. Now that you see what's holding you back, make a shift. Need help analyzing your dreams or making a shift? Check out my website, artmensheartscom and contact me with your questions. Did you know that being sedentary is the new smoking and that walking can prolong your life? Do you become overwhelmed at the idea of exercising? 
Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people to navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We are also dedicated to providing coaching to individuals that want to improve their health and overall well-being. A recent study released by the American Cancer Society showed that walking just 10 minutes a day can increase a person's lifespan. Walking is simple and free and does not require special equipment. As board-certified health and wellness coaches, we work with our clients to improve their health by sharing the latest study findings on whatever health issue they want to address. As your coach, we partner with you to help make the necessary changes to improve your health. We use a holistic approach to coaching, allowing our clients to understand themselves as a whole person and select the plan that is best for them. Not sure how to get started or what the next steps are to improve your health? If you want a health coach who will partner with you on your wellness journey, contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com. Hi, I am Sheila Samuels of the Samuels Law Firm. With offices in New York and Northern New Jersey, we focus on estate planning and administration, long-term care planning, as well as education law and special needs planning. Oftentimes when creating a long-term care plan for my clients and they own a home, they will want to outright transfer the property to their children. However, giving a house outright to children isn't the best way to protect it in the event you require Medicaid for long-term care. Generally, you do not need to sell your home in order to qualify for Medicaid coverage of nursing home care. However, the state could file a claim against the house after you die to recoup from your estate whatever benefits it paid for your care. This is known as estate recovery. If you want to protect your home from this recovery, you may be tempted to give it to your children. However, here are two reasons not to. One is Medicaid ineligibility. Transferring your house to your children or someone else may make you ineligible for Medicaid for a period of time because the state Medicaid agency looks at transfers made within five years of the Medicaid application. If you make an uncompensated transfer during that time period, Medicaid will impose a penalty period during which you will not be eligible for benefits. Another reason not to do the outright transfer is loss of control. When you transfer your home outright to your children, you no longer own it, which means you will not have control and your children can do whatever they want. In addition, if your children are sued or get divorced, the house will be vulnerable to their creditors. There are other ways to protect the house from Medicaid estate recovery, including putting the home in a trust. I am Sheila Samuels, and if you or someone you know would like to learn more, you can visit SheilaSamuelsLaw.com. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, an intuitive life coach and reinvention expert who helps her clients move through life's challenges and transitions with purpose, passion, and clarity to emerge more powerful, fulfilled, and purposeful. Linda is here today to discuss tuning into your intuition. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan. It's really great to be here. So, Linda, more and more we hear about the power of intuition and how if we allow our intuition to guide us, we make better decisions and have happier lives. Do you believe we all have an intuitive nature? Yes, I really do believe that we all have an intuitive ability, Joan. But unfortunately, our culture doesn't seem to readily embrace it. You know, we learn to identify our other five senses before we enter kindergarten. But intuition is kind of left out of the equation. And it's a real shame because it's such an important and extraordinary gift. Often people only recognize the importance of intuition as they get older and meet others who use their gift. 
So at that point, most people become interested in learning more and even in developing their intuitive capacity. But yeah, we all have access to our intuition. It's just a matter of tuning in and using it. How do you suggest we start exercising our intuition to get more comfortable tuning in and using it? Well, that's a great question. Um, You know, it's interesting. People believe that if they tend to be analytical, they can't or don't have intuitive abilities. And this isn't true at all. You may be surprised to learn that the military actually have intuition training programs. So could you imagine the Marines, Army, and Navy all have intuition training programs, and they're just about as analytical an outfit as you can find. Mm -hmm. So if you're a left-brain, logical, linear thinker, don't count yourself out. If we begin to tune in to our intuition and allow it to be part of our daily decision-making process, You'll find you make better decisions that support your true desires and needs. You'll find you're less often in situations that make you uncomfortable. And as a result, you'll be happier, healthier, and lead a more balanced, more fun, and less stressful life. So I'd like to address the left brain listeners out there and those who don't think they have any intuitive abilities, because you may be surprised to learn that you do listen and you've actually even already acted on your intuitive uh, hits without even recognizing it. Let me give you an example. Think about a time you suddenly knew exactly what you had to do simply by listening to your body's signals. Maybe you've experienced an intuitive hit in the form of an uncomfortable feeling in the pit of your stomach or tightness in your throat that led you to walk away from a situation or opportunity. Have you ever been guided to do something without much thought or analysis and it turned out to be the best decision? This is evidence that you can trust your intuition. So don't shrug off those feelings and signals because this is your intuition knocking at the seat of your soul. This is your higher self communicating with you. When we listen to our intuition, we're hearing the voice of spirit within us. When we're tuned in, we're present to our own inner wisdom and we're inspired or in spirit. I've had so much more joy and success in my life and business since I began relying more on my intuition and I invite everyone to do the same. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about this topic or Linda and her work, you can visit her website, lindamitchellcoaching.com. And as always, to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com forward slash Linda. We'll be right back. Did you know that your social media strategy should focus on a poem? Hi, I'm Patricia Singer of Follow Me Social Media Consulting. We work with small and mid-sized businesses to help them with their presence on the various social media platforms. POEM is an acronym. It stands for Paid, Owned, and Earned Media. What do these three things mean? For example, social media marketing communications plans need to plan out the owned social media activities that will be carried out, which is what the company posts, when paid advertising will run, which is your paid media, and what to do when consumers generate earned social media in response, which is your online word of mouth. Every company should have a mix of all three of these to have a successful social media presence. What the organization puts out to its following, the owned media, should be to educate, inform, motivate, and entertain. The paid media, such as boosted posts in Facebook or sponsored posts on LinkedIn, help a company to reach more potential customers. The earned media is when your following talk about your company and brand or share your posts or recommend you to their friends and family. Creating a strategy that includes all aspects of POEM and monitoring the effects it has on your social media presence will take your brand to the next level. If you would like more information, go to besttofollowme.com.
When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive, but is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things, getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense, then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really gonna get you that far. If you want a result, then you're gonna wanna work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say, I'm sorry you're hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting, but let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine with Chardonnay grapeseed, NutriFlower, to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your Rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973-722-1154. It's time for To Your Health. Joining me today is Dr. David Hanscom, an orthopedic spine surgeon and author of the book, Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. Welcome, Dr. Hanscom. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So, Dr., you're a spine surgeon, but you say that there are more unnecessary back surgeries being performed today than ever before, and that surgery is not always the answer. So why do you believe that to be true? Well, first of all, the data clearly shows that disc degeneration is not a cause of back pain. There's been multiple studies showing that. And then the success rate of a spine fusion for back pain based on disc degeneration is only about 22 to 24%. And there's actually about a 40% chance of making people worse. There's actually not one paper that shows that back surgery is really effective for back pain compared to a structured non-operative care program. So I think in the big picture, there's probably about 70% of spine surgery should never be performed. And that's actually a pretty alarming statistic because just about everyone that I know that has a disc issue has undergone back surgery. So if it's not surgery, then what do you recommend? Well, the recent neuroscience is fascinating over the last 10 years. So when I was in medical school, we did not know the brain could change the way it does. And you've heard the concept called neuroplasticity, where the brain can change dramatically at any age. We now know with these new research MRI scans that the brain memorizes the pain pathways in about 6 to 12 months. They actually switch from the pain center to the emotional center. And once those pathways are embedded in your nervous system, you cannot get rid of them. Those are permanent pathways, just like riding a bicycle. So we're doing a procedure for a neurological problem, and it cannot work. And, it, and guess what? It doesn't work. 
Tell us about your prehab program, which is rehab prior to surgery. How does that work and how does it benefit your patients? There's hundreds of research papers over the last 40 years that show that sleep, anxiety, depression, catastrophizing, fear avoidance, all are negative factors for surgical outcomes. A recent paper shows that only 10% of surgeons are actually assessing those variables. So I decided just to take the data that exists and get people's medication stabilized, calm them down, get them sleeping. And what's happened, which has been a good problem, is that my patients have cancelled the surgery because their pain went away even in the presence of a significant surgical lesion. Dr. Hanscom, thank you so much for being here. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Hanscom and his work, you can visit backincontrol.com. And once again, doctor, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. I want to be riding my bike. But at this moment, he's fighting leukemia. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. While on the site, listen to Pasha's On Demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.